Demons, deadites and doppelgangers, it's time to get our horror on. Welcome to your weekly dose of horror news and fun. This is episode 8 of Terrorvision Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Dan McGinnis, and joining me as always is my co-host, Jennifer, the Dream Warrior Strand. Together we are two people with a love of horror and feel the burn of our obsolete blockbuster memberships. Jennifer, how's your week been? It's been busy and not even a fun busy. It's been a horrible, boring, adult busy. Oh dear. Why is that? Uh, Well, you know, work is work and it's end of financial year. So trying to just stay on top of that and do everything I can and working extra means, you know, weekends are no longer for fun. Weekends are for chores. Get lost. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know. But that's all right. I still find time to sit down and watch many, many a movie and play a lot of Tetris. I'm playing a lot of Tetris at the moment, Dan. On what? Uh, well, we've got it on the Nintendo Switch. It's oh, okay. the Tetris 99. You're oh, playing yeah. against a bunch of other people. I don't like it. I just want to play Tetris by myself. Well, uh, I don't there, want to play with a bunch of people. There are a bunch of other really good Tetris games. Like Tetris Worlds is really good. And, like, four-player Tetris, like, you know, couch co-op is really fun where it throws it all to the other people. mm. Mm. Otherwise, I just pull out my mini NES and just play it on that. Yeah, play OG. That's right. I love it. I love OG. And also Unsolved Mysteries is returning come July 1st, so that's going to be my life for the next few weeks, just binging the shit out of that. Just binging (laughs) the the crap out of crappy mysteries. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it. You know I love my mysteries. I know. So, so you make me watch them, and then most of the time they're never mysteries. They're just nothing yeah. has happened. Like, no, I know. But that's that's fine. That's fine. Remember that, like, five-hour troll one we watched or whatever? What was it? Like, was <laughs> it, it was Goblins. Goblins. It was Hellier. Hellier. Uh, goblins. Yeah. Nothing happened. They just went on. They went off the, the off the deep end and went into, like, ghost recordings. And I'm like, this has got nothing to do with Goblins. <laughs> I really liked what they did with it, though. It was a, it was very enjoyable. And the second one was just as good, I thought. So I thought it was super powerful at the start, and as every episode went on, it just dwindled. Me. Just got a little bit less and less for you. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. And, and how it, about you? How are you this week? Well, I, I'm still dealing with my, like, ripped muscle shoulder pain. I'm going in for a cortisone injection on Wednesday, so that will be Ooh. cool. Hopefully it'll no, sort it that won't. out. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know it won't be crap. Um, I'm also suffering from end of financial year stress with sales and stuff like that with my shop, the comic shop, like doing get, getting rid mm-hmm. of some old stock and stuff like that. And yep. I've been, you know, playing The Last of Us Part 2, which no one's allowed to talk about because story-based game. But wow. what I did do... Okay, sure. The, the, yeah, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into The Last of Us. No one, no one wants to know anything <laughs> about that game until they experience themselves, and I totally understand that. Um, but what I did do is I live streamed a game, a locally created game here in Adelaide, Australia, um, called Right, like R I T E. So it, it, I think in about a okay. week's time or a week and a half's time, it's coming out on Steam. We got an exclusive advanced copy of it, and we had a live stream of it, and we had the creator in the chat, uh, and it went really good. Like they, all the people were asking him questions on how he did it, and you know stuff like that, and that was great. So if you want to check that out. Ha- Head over to Hack the Dino over on YouTube and you can check out there's a highlight clip of the stream. If you want to watch the whole three-hour stream, you can go over to Twitch and check out Hack the Dino over on Twitch and find it there. Yeah, what a plug. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I love a plug. Good old plug. <laughs> oh, you know, in the, in the bath, the plug. Well, <laughs> like, you know, just keeps everything together, doesn't it? Okay, so what have we been watching? What have... Uh-huh. 
we've been watching. I'll go first this week. So I started off. Thank you. I started off with watching From Dusk Till Dawn. Robert Rodriguez and Quentin. Is it Quentin Tarantino wrote it and Robert Rodriguez made it? Um, I think so. It's, uh, let's I'm, have a look. I'm pretty sure that's right. Yes. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino wrote it. Yeah. Along I- with Robert Kurtzman. I love that um, Quentin Tarantino writes a movie, puts himself in it, and basically just puts himself as his real life creepy, gross, like sex deprived self. <laughs> I um, honestly don't think he could do anything other than that. So, you know, it works for him. Yeah, we did play the drug dealer in Pulp Fiction. He did, yeah. He was a drug dealer. Anyway, this was made in 1997. I had really, really strong memories of really, really loving this. And when I rewatched it, yeah. I loved it again. It was wicked. <laughs> uh, I love that. Yes. So the story for people who've never seen it, if you're one of those people that have never seen Dust Till Dawn, the, the thing that you're going to do is stop this podcast. No, once this podcast finishes, you're going to watch yep. this film. This is a great film. Um, so the story is you've got Seth and Richie Gecko. So Seth is played by um, George Clooney, of course. <laughs> fresh out of sure. fresh and fresh Clooney as well, like E.R. Clooney, you know, like. Not yeah. even not even a salt and pepper gentleman yet. It's pure black hair or brown hair, like <laughs> OG Clooney, like heartthrob Clooney. Yeah. And then you got Richie Gecko. This is before Batman. Yeah, way before. Yeah. Gross. Um, and then you got gross Richie Gecko, who is played by Quentin Tarantino, who <laughs> is his rapist brother. <laughs> yeah. Main characters. Sure. So straight- yeah. Straight yeah. straight up, you've got my, two main characters that are kind of bad guys, which is that kind of Quentin Tarantino vibe, if you know what I mean, in his writing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I'd forgotten about this movie, how Tarantino this film is. Like, if you didn't know Robert Rodriguez made it, especially the first half of the film, it just feels like a Quentin Tarantino film. You've got these long, oh, yeah. thought-out, well-acted conversations between really good actors, like the opening scene in the liquor store, when it's like the liquor store guy and the cop just having a conversation. You're just like, oh, wow, whoa, full on. He's basically the cop character from, like, Kill Bill as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I think and- they all sort of interconnect somehow as well. Yeah. I- oh, does he have, like, a, Qu- a Quentin verse or something? <laughs> I think he does. Like, I think he really does, but right. that's, that's a whole episode right there. But, yes, please continue. Yeah, so you get the... um. You get this opening scene of like you know these two cops talking, a uh, cop talking to a liquor store owner, and not you as a viewer not knowing that like they're out that uh, you know Seth and Richie Gecko are out the back holding a girl hostage, and all this stuff, and yeah, yeah, and then it, it, you know suddenly it all breaks out with shooting, and you know the the fight, the the bloody the store blows up, and they drive off in like uh, it's set all in like um just outside of Mexico. So you get yep. these like cool, and then opens up, you know, the titles of them driving, and you know, it's just a great opening to a film. And straight away, you're you're in. You're like, yep, they're bad guys. They're on the run. Um, and as a person who the first time I saw this, I didn't know what I was watching. I just thought I was watching a a a, a cop and robber. No, what is it like? Yeah, like a heist movie almost. And yep. um, and so yeah, you got you're going along in the ride. You're you're you, you're opened up to like. Uh, Richie Gecko, Quentin Tarantino's horrible character, when he like rapes their hostage when when um George Clooney goes out to get them burgers, and then George Clooney like, has a stress at him, but they're brothers, so he has to stick together. And it's basically a story about them who they've done a bank robbery or something, 
and uh, they're trying to get across the Mexican border to meet a guy um, who will take them to safety and, you know, hide them out or whatever. And that's the whole the premise of the yeah. film. Um, and then, um, yeah, you just suddenly, it's going on, like, and every scene is so good and, like, you know, the dialogue is on point. They kidnap, like, a, um, a family of uh, people who are on a road trip who is a, um, a preacher who has lost his faith um, mm-hmm. and then with his two kids and um, one of them is a, uh, an adopted boy and the other one is his daughter who's played by Juliette Lewis, young oh, yeah. Juliette Lewis, and you get like some really yep. strange scenes of her acting from the point of view of Quentin Tarantino's character. Like remember those bits of like this young girl asking like Quentin Tarantino yeah. to eat her pussy for her and all this stuff? Well, real, yeah. real full on. Like this this movie is very adult, especially yeah. like, you know, like, no, amazing. Um, and then you got like uh, George Clooney's character, Seth Gecko, is this cool, and like it's like he says in it, "I am a professional fucking thief. I do not rape and I do not kill women and people. I do not kill people. I do not have to." And as soon as he says that line, you realize that he is the good bad guy. What are they called? Antiheroes. Yeah, he's and the you, anti-hero. you just love him. I just can't get over how much I liked him in this film. Like, and he's not a nice character, but like, he's like, he's so good at controlling a room, and you can tell he is a professional thief. He can talk to people to get them to do what he wants, and it's just, it's just a beautiful thing to watch. Every point of him talking in this film, and he's got like some cool tribal, tribal like neck tattoo that goes down into a sleeve tattoo that, which I'm sure in the '90s, late '90s, was cool. But these days, it's just like a like, that was cool. I know, yeah. but but these days, every footballer and every rapist has one of those. So like, <laughs> it, it's, yeah. just, it's just not cool anymore. And so they get over the no. border. It's all exciting. It's all tense. It's you know, there's dialogue, um, and uh, they get pulled over by the, the the border police, and it's played by Cheech from Cheech and Chong's. I, what's his last name? Cheech <laughs> Cheech Marin. Uh, Mar- Cheech Marin, yeah. Marin. And then yeah. you suddenly realise as you watch this whole film that Cheech actually plays three roles in this film. <laughs> they don't even bother. Like, he just is three people. Like, they just loved him. And they get over the border and they go to this place called the Titty Twister, um, which is a bar that's open from dusk till dawn. And so they want, they, at dawn they're going to meet this guy who's going to take them to their new lives. And anyhow, they go to this um, bar not realising that, you know, it, it open oh then then there's this really amazing scene of like um the name that girl um who's the lady Selma Hayek Selma Hayek does a sexy dance Selma Hayek dances with a white yes. snake Selma uh-huh. Hayek in her like pretty much her I I don't know she hadn't been in many films before then she probably had but this, I hadn't seen this it. is young yeah yeah young Selma Hayek. She's- she's, so, she's making that transition to like feature films in America. Um, yeah, yeah. She, I, I assume that she'd done many roles in like a, her native language. I don't know what was she Puerto Rican. Possibly, I, I assume so because in Thirty Rock she was Puerto Rican. Do you remember they That's kept true. she they kept asking her like oh, what 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 um what do you what do your people call yourself? She goes Puerto Rican, and everyone's like, oh, that sounds like a swear word. <laughs> we can't say that. <laughs> no, <laughs> she right. says no, it's fine. And he goes no, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, she does this dance, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she turns into a vampire. And then everyone in the bar turns into vampires, or half the people turn into vampires, all the sexy dancers, and they kill all the people, and it turns into a blazing gore fest, which does star also in it is Tom Savini, 
who plays a character yes. so appropriately named Sex Machine, <laughs> uh, who, who has the dick gun from um, Desperado. Do you remember like, in yeah. Desperado he has, he has that in his suitcase, which is also a Robert Rodriguez film? Um, I think yes. it was part of like three films, wasn't it? It was like El Mariachi, Desperado. What was the last one called? Something in Once Upon a Time in uh, Mexico? Couldn't tell you. What... Yeah, I think that's the one because I think Johnny Depp's in one of them. Oh, yuck. Um, I think to fuck someone, I don't know. Yeah, so the, as soon as like, the shit hits the fan and the vampires come out, like it just turns into this amazing gore fest and amazing because yeah. you, got, you, got, you got Tom Savini there. You've also got a couple of other dudes there as well. In, in this, uh, there's like the, there's like the Danny Trejo's in it. Danny Trejo is a barman. Yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah. Cheech also plays like the guy who um, welcomes you at the door, like the door, like uh, bouncer kind of guy. Um, you've got yeah, you've got uh, the Vietnam vet character. He's also got something to do with Fangoria magazine. Okay, I don't know his name. I can't remember it now, uh, and I won't be able to remember. Anyway. And, yeah, from there, it's just a survival film, a flat chat survival. So you've got a disenfranchised uh, preacher, not disenfranchised. <laughs> um, you've got, like, George Clooney. Uh, straight away, um, Richie Gecko, Quentin Tarantino's character, dies, which is great. Um, you've, mm-hmm. got, you've got the preacher. You've got George Clooney. You've got Quentin Tarantino. You've got um, – and then a bunch of the bikers and stuff as well, including Tom Savini and the Vietnam vet guy and um, – Stuff like fighting for survival, using all the weapons, they, and the vampires like they talk about how soft they are, like so you can just like you know ram chairs through them and stuff, and it's just, yeah. it's glorious. It's one of the one. Of, it's up there with to me with Brain Dead and everything. The movie's perfect. Like I know a lot of people didn't like the sudden genre shift from a a heist movie to a vampire film, but I was all mm. about it. Not many people. That's a brave move, hey. To just and to do a sol- do a solid version of both genres as well. Like it could have not had the vampires in it, and it still would have been yeah. a wicked film. It's still yeah, and, yeah. It oh. could have it could have been a simple hostage situation where you got to survive. Um, but they just threw vampires in there. Why not? I know. And then you have like they go, so they lock themselves. You know, they so they've killed the first wave of vampires, and then there's like three waves. So they kill the first wave of vampires. Then the second wave is all the truckers that were at the place who get turned into vampires. They wake up and they kill them. And then the third wave is all these bats burst in and then they have to take on a, the third wave of vampires and survive till dawn. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and they get, they get locked in the storage compartment because they've been attacking truckers there, you know, for years and years and years. There's all the, the truckers like, uh, you know, they're – their uh, their cargo stored out the back, so they go through it and find like crossbows and steak machines, you know, that and like oh, just make crosses out of shotguns, and it's just a a great film. I can't get it's out just of it. A lot of fun. Yeah, it's shot beautifully. Yeah. It's done on a film stock because I know that Robert Regas uses a lot of digital. He was really an advocate of digital um, film, as yeah. in like. Uh, which I'm not a massive fan of, but like this one has got a very nice grain to it, which I really appreciate. Lots of browns, and you know yeah. it just looks hot. It looks like they're in Mexico. It's just good. There's enough. There's lots of blood. There's lots of cool editing. Um, there is a bit of morphing in it, which you know you, you can't morphing had its day. We remember morphing. <laughs> you know it was in the yes. Michael Jackson film clip, black and white. He turned into a panther. 
that's kind of all you need. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a bit yeah. of morphing. It's not overly dumb, but it's it's okay. But yeah, so okay. that's, that's it. I, I haven't like I haven't watched this film in a very very long time. So the two things I remember about this film are mm-hmm. Selma Hayek, Dick Gun. That's it. Dick Just, Gun. And that's it. <laughs> there's actually, if you go online or the the extended yeah. features, there's like another. 25 minutes of gore that they cut out like just stuff they couldn't use or wasn't allowed or and it's crazy stuff as well which is it's kind of sad they should really bring out a redone version with all the 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 stuff in it because it's some crazy there's like whole giant monsters that they never used and stuff and there's no explanation one of them like i one of them turns into a rat vampire. Like, you know, there's no explanation of why stuff's different and you just don't care. I don't need one. I don't need an explanation. Just just chuck it in and I'm like, yeah, that's great. I love it. Yeah. Great. More and of that. The humour in it's funny as well. Like, it, they use, like, it's not, it's got that Nightmare on Elm Street humour. You know where it's not just ha-ha yep. funny, but it's still just a good laugh of this, how stupid the shit's happening and it's kind of poking fun of itself. Like, yeah. it's in there. Like, oh, Love it, love it. Anyhow, <laughs> I'm going to go on That's because great. I've gone on enough. I shouldn't watch films that I like so much because I'll sit here for an no, hour. No, you should. That's the whole point. Yeah, I know. People like a good gush, don't they? Well, that's what we're here for. We're here to gush over gush over gore, really. Oh, yeah. Have a chat. There's enough you of know? it in this. There is enough. Uh, it's a beautiful, right. beautiful film. When I was watching it, I had like uh, flashbacks to me watching it before school. I remember I used to watch <laughs> before <laughs> at high school. Just like get a couple of you know quick bits in. Fast forward to because it was back in the VHS days. Fast forward to the end yep. bit. Watch a bit of gore before before going off to high school. <laughs> I love it. What I love you, it. What have you been watching, Jen? Uh, I've had a very strange week for watching films, actually. So I, I have watched a few different films, but today I thought I would talk about Anna and the Apocalypse. Mm. Um, so I would like to start with I like musicals. Uh, for someone who likes horror, I actually quite like musicals, as I have since and recently discovered. I'm not a fan of new musicals. I hate Glee. I hate fucking High School Musical. I've never I seen like the, any of them. The classic. Oh, my Lord. I am a massive yeah. fan of musicals, though, as well. Oh, so this is basically High School Musical meets Shaun of the Dead. Oh, really? Yes. So um, basically, um, this is a Scottish film, uh, 2017, directed by John McPhail. Uh, a zombie apocalypse threatens the sleepy town of Little Haven at Christmas. This is a Christmas film, guys. Um this forces Anna and her friends to fight, slash, and sing their way to survival, <laughs> facing the undead in a desperate race to reach their loved ones. Uh, but they soon discover that no one is safe in this new world, and which civilization falling apart around them, the only people they can truly rely on is each other. Aww. This film was a lot of fun to begin with. Um, <laughs> dot point one. <laughs> dot point one. So... It starts strong. I I knew that it was a musical going in and I watched it with my partner and I just neglected to inform her that it was going to be a musical. Did you do that on purpose just to piss her off? (laughs) Yes, I did. Excellent. (laughs) She deserves a good piss off every now and then, that partner of yours. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So we started watching it and then they just, you know, all of a sudden they burst into song. And I'm getting like I can feel the death stare. I can feel the head turning. I can feel the gaze. You could hear the head turning, like. 
pretty much. Pretty much. So it's it starts out strong, you know, and then all of a sudden, and it's such a great scene because as everything is unfolding and you realise that you're in the midst of this zombie apocalypse happening is she's walking down the road. She is none the wiser, has no fucking clue what's happening, and she's singing away at her little song and everything's just happening in the background behind her. You know, the mailman's attacking a small child. And, but she's so into know, her song, she's not noticing that the atrocities. That is, that is right. So it's it starts out so strong. It's full um, splat stick. It's, it's funny. It, uh, the, the songs I wouldn't say are memorable. Like, I couldn't sing any of that to you now. I you wouldn't re- even You can't remember any when, choruses? No. Nah. No, and usually I'm the kind of person, like, if I watch a musical and I like it, I'll probably listen to the soundtrack the next day uh, and then I'm over it. But, yeah, so this half is strong and then it goes into the second half and it has it's the same kind of complaint people had with Shaun of the Dead. It starts strong, it's funny, it knows where it's going, and then it's still going in that same path, but it's not as funny anymore. It starts and tries to be really serious and heartfelt and then it loses its appeal. Yeah, that's why people were Shaun of the Dead. I hated that. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be sad about his mum and shit like in Shaun of the Dead. So this is the same yeah. vibe. They, like, just- they, but they basically do something very similar. I'm not going to divulge what they do, but there is a very similar vibe to it. So, I mean, in the end, there's not a lot of defeating zombies as such. Like, she... Basically, they're, they're all trying to get back to their school, which is where their parents and friends and loved ones are. And the principal has kind of gone a little bit mad with power. And he, like, there's this standoff between Anna and the principal in the end, which was very, very strange because he is not a singer <laughs> at all. So it, it, it just became very awkward to watch, like secondhand embarrassment kind of awkward. Is it gory? Yeah, when they do the gore, like they do it pretty well. Um, there's a few scenes where she's, you know, just beating the shit out of these zombies with this giant candy cane, and just you know, smashing something through the head, and it's it's good. It is good, but also not. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I'm lo- I enjoyed it. I'm looking at the trailer here, and it looks like there's a whole bunch of gore scenes in it. Like, but they're cutting yeah. away, obviously, in the trailer. Like a, is there a seesaw scene? <laughs> yes. Oh my god, that seesaw scene! I completely forgot about that. Uh, oh my lord! Yeah, yeah, we had to rewind that and watch it a couple of times because it was freaking hilarious. Well, that's. I mean, if it's got a scene that it's good enough to rewind and watch, it must be. It must have something there. It's like, would you watch it again? That's always like what. It, that that's your main thing. If you can, if you'd watch a film again. It's probably got a bit of merit to it. Would you watch it again? I think I would. Like, I think if if we were to say, hey, let's have a night, we'll get some people around, we'll watch Anna and the Apocalypse, yes. I mean, if it was just by myself and I'm like, oh, Anna and the Apocalypse, yeah, I'll watch something else. I'm totally going to watch this. I'm looking at the trailer now. It just looks like a fun, it looks well filmed. It is very well filmed. Because it's cutting away from all the gore and I just want to see it. Yeah. The young girl who plays Anna is really, she's, Phenomenal. I think she was in um, the Les Mis movie that I never saw because that doesn't really appeal to me. What do you mean? It's a musical. Um, I watched that. I, yeah, I don't know. Russell Crowe like, just I can't like sing. 
Russell Crowe can't do a lot of things, but that's okay. That's neither here nor there. He can throw phones. <laughs> well, he is good at that. So, yes, I definitely re- recommend checking out Anna and the Apocalypse, but I would probably say watch it with a group of friends. Yeah. Uh, have a couple of beers. It's Beer and yeah. chicken wings, you reckon? Yeah, beer and chicken wings, Anna and the Apocalypse. It was a lot of fun. Yes, check it out. Yeah, it's like a movie night kind of vibe with your mates. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, definitely. It looks, looks good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely check that one out. 2017. Did, so it's not even that old. Yeah. So I did find there was um, on YouTube there's actually the song that she's singing as she's walking down the street um, with everything unfolding behind her. So I might post that in a day or so just so everyone can get a vibe. decide for themselves whether they want to check it out. Nice. All right. Yeah. Moving on, so we've got uh, my second movie I watched this week was Doctor Sleep. Um, yes. And I Turkishly went into this. Like, I had, didn't even know what this was. I had no <laughs> idea. I had no idea this was The Shining sequel. <laughs> like, um, and it's not just The Shining sequel. It is a sequel to the Kubrick Shining because, like, they, yeah. you know, they, they recreate scenes out of it. So 2019... Directed by Mike Flanagan. Um, you may remember uh, uh, such movies as Ouija. <laughs> Which one? There's a lot of the Ouija ones. I They're think, all a lot of fun. I think it's the one you watch. Yeah, the ori- oh, or- Origins of Sin? No, Origin of Evil. Is that not the one you watched yeah. recently? Are there more than one Ouija know. film? There's, oh, fuck. There's so many Ouija films. And is then it just it's like called, Ouija. Is Ouija it, 2, Return to the Board. Return to the board, border, Ouija three, border directors. <laughs> <laughs> Those films um, don't exist, but they do now. Yeah, they, um, yeah I don't know. I'd have to look into it because I don't uh, think it's going to be the same same. That's film good I watch. because we you hated that Ouija film. Yeah, no, this is a different. Yeah, okay, I see what it is. No, this is a different one. Oh, good, good, um, good. Well, because I was like, oh, cause I saw that and I was like, maybe I won't watch this. <laughs> you know, but then well, I watched. I watched it. Hush. Because I, I mean, I should have, I should have worked it out by uh, the cover of the of the video. It was like it was all yeah. red, and it had the little Danny dude going down in his little trike. But be, me being me, I yeah. didn't even focus. You know what I mean? I just <laughs> sure. read the word Doctor Sleep, and I went Doctor Sleep. That's a comic that I sell. Not, and it has nothing yeah. to do with the comic. So I got it thinking it was a comic book <laughs> movie, <laughs> and got it, and then it opened up, and I was just like, hang on. Hang on, hang on, like you know what I mean, like you know, showing bit rebits from like, and so they they remake a whole bunch of um, anyhow, I should say what it's about for the people who um, yes, this yes. this film is if you haven't seen, yeah, this film is kind of recent, so obviously we're not going to get into what happens at the end, um, it's only like from mm. last year, from two thousand and nine, but it is it is a uh, a sequel to The Shining, the Stanley Kubrick Shining, so based on um. A Stephen King book of the same name, Doctor Sleep. Years later, he revisited the uh, the idea of like um, Danny Torrance, who was the little kid as a grown up character, and what happened to him after the events in the Overlook Hotel. Um, yeah, and so it follows Danny as an a, an old a man now, and he is played by Ewan McGregor. And I'm like, dang, Ewan McGregor, he's a great actor. And you know what? He was in this as well. He was really good. Yeah. Um, this film, um, it, it, it's hard to explain this film. The story is he's an old man now. 
Uh, he's still haunted by the things that happened to him at the hotel, namely like his dad trying to kill him and stuff like that. Um, and he becomes an alcoholic and then he like, leaves town and he uh, goes to a small town to get away, joins AA and cleans up his life. And his life's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, there's another little girl who has The Shining, which is The Shining, as we know, is the power, which in the original Kubrick movie, they didn't get much into The Shining, did they? As in, it's called The Shining, yeah. but it didn't have much to do with the film until this film when it said, I, I see, it might have said this in the original film and I might have glazed over it, but in this they're like, the reason you had so much trouble at the hotel is that it was a haunted place and the ghosts are really attracted to The Shining and that he had yeah. so much shining in him that it made everything go haywire. And I was like, I didn't know that. Like, that was what was happened. I never knew what happened in The Shining film. I, I just went, I just thought it was a haunted hotel and for some reason the kid had powers for no apparent reason. Like, oh, okay. There, I think there is a scene, and Scatman Carruthers is like talking to Danny and explaining a little. There, there is a. I, I know that there is a little bit of information about it, but not a huge amount. Now, I love The Shining, the original, but I am nowhere near a expert on The Shining. So, people who love The Shining are probably going to face palm a bit from what I say about it. If you know what I mean, as a as a as a craft point of view, the shots are beautiful and stuff like that, and that's all I mm-hmm. kind of understand yep. with that film. Um, sure. And also that trailer of the Redux. <laughs> the Redux. Oh, so good. Um, <laughs> I love it. So. They were really, um, this film was really trying to recreate that Stanley Kubrick feeling of filmmaking and the craft that he used. The only problem with Stanley Kubrick filmmaking is that you can't do it unless you're him. Like you can't, as I said, you can't spend, you can't do one shot 300 times, you know what I mean, in this day and age to get that perfect shot, which is what he was renowned for. Was known to be to do. There were a couple of really nice shots in it, and ones that did, um, uh, they were very like you know homage to the original one. But yeah, and and they did it with a whole bunch of shots. Um, yeah, and there were some really amazing scenes in this film. Like early on, I was like, um, there's a a cat in it. Did you remember the cat that like he, when he he's so the main character is working in an, 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 a, a like a nursing home. As an orderly, and mm, he, there's a oh. there's a cat in there that when a person is going to die, it goes and sits at the foot of their bed, and all the all the all the um all the patients know that, and they're fine with yeah. that. They just know it's the time yeah. to go. And th- just that scene was really beautifully written. I thought it was really good. Then I looked that up, and that cat is based on a folklore that actually did happen. It's written in in um it's written in a whole bunch of medical journals. There was a cat that did this. In real life. What? And I'm like, that's crazy. And then my wife is like, it's not real. I said, it's in medical journals. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it's got to be real. Yeah. And as it was going on, it was going on. There's all these story threads opening up and there's so many characters and more characters come into it and more characters come into it. And I was like, holy shit, what's going on? And I started to get lost. Then yeah. all of a sudden they introduced Rose the Hat, which is such a Stephen King great. character name. So if you want to imagine mm-hmm. what like, Rose the Hat is, she's basically like an evil Stevie Nicks. <laughs> like, yeah, that's um, the only way to describe her. Yeah, or, you know, an evil, like she's, uh, she looks like she's dressed like she's waiting, she's an extra in a Frente fucking film clip. Like, she looked, she looked <laughs> a bit ridiculous to me. 
She um and she is a group of basically shining vampires. So these are people yeah. that eat the shining from people. So they they hunt the shining and they, they do it horribly. And they you know they and they do it to kids and they they have to like for them to to, to for you to for the shining people to taste good. They have to like torture you first. The more fear yeah. you have in you and the more pain you have in you before you die, the more feed they get out of you. So they torture children and that. So straight away they've really, they really, they really dig in of how evil these people are. And also they're really, yeah, they're, not nice. they're really arrogant. They're really arrogant. They think they're the top of the food chain. They think people or everyone are idiots. And you hate her so much from the start. I mm-hmm. hated her. I was just like, I'm going to watch this just to see this girl die. I hate this. <laughs> I was really torn. I was so torn because I'm like, you are a terrible person, but you're doing such an amazing job at being a terrible person, and you're also very attractive right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I had a great. lot of weird feelings. There was a lot of weird feelings. Yeah, but like, yeah, and that 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 was what made it great and good. And so all this is happening exactly, and you're getting confused. They introduce this new character as well, another a young girl, a young girl across the other, you know. Somewhere in America, yeah. um, and her name is Abra, which I thought was really weird because they, like, as in like Abracadabra, and who would name the child that? Um, and they do mention Abracadabra straight away, like they introduce her from watching a a magician at her party, and I'm like, oh, okay, a bit cheese, but whatever. Um, so she's got, <laughs> she is a super powerful shiner, and these people, um, the evil Stevie Nixes, I can't believe, remember what they were called. The evil people, they were um what their race, well, well not race, but what their 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 monsters, whatever they were called. They had a name. I can't remember what they were called. Um, yeah. They can sense when people use the power, and that's how they track them down. All this stuff. Anyhow, all this stuff's happening. It's getting quite confusing. There's cats. There's you know there there's there's a uh, there's also like uh, the main character learns to create boxes in his head to lock up the evil and all stuff like that. Like through the teaching of the guy from The Shining, the first guy. What was his name? You said his name before. Uh, Dick, uh, it's Dick Halloran. Yeah, but it's not him in the movie, is it? It's just a good lookalike. No, no, no. They uh, Carl Lum- Lumbly plays Dick Halloran in this film because right. you know Scat- Scatman Carruthers is long dead. Yes, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, and he he come, he appears as a ghost to to Danny, and you know the 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 hotel kind of followed him as he was a child, and. Uh, the ghost of that guy kind of teaches him how to trap the ghost in in metaphorical boxes within his mind. <laughs> Let's just go there. Mm. Um, and it yeah. was still, it was getting confusing. It was getting confusing, and I'm like, oh man, they're not going to be able to solve this. And I paused it, and then I realized, hang on, there's still an hour and a half to go of this film. And I looked, and it's over. This film is long. It's over three hours long. And I was like, dang. Yeah. And it's got even like bits yeah. in it, chapters where it stops, and it goes chapter four. And it's got a name for the chapter. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this felt like a really long, good TV show. I rec- they could have split yeah. it up. They, I feel they could have split it up into like six episodes of like half an hour. And it would Quite have possibly. been really good. Like, or split the chapters up. Um, it, w- it took me a whole day to watch because I kept stopping and starting again. But it, it felt really good. Um, yeah. They had um, – there were some really cool bits, I thought, where they had uh, – they, they were driving – for some reason, what we're not going to go into it, they have to like, go back to the hotel. Um, yeah. And they have these shots, these sweeping shots like the first Shining. 
um, shining of like when they, Jack and his family are driving to the hotel. These were the same kind of shots, but they were like at night and it was snowy instead of being not snowy. Um, and I thought, man, they look real. They've really remade them really well. Then I read afterwards mm. that they are the exact shots from The Shining, and they've done mm. day for night, and they've added CG snow onto all the um, trees. I'm like, that's cool. amazing. Uh, and so they're, they're the only three shots that they actually used, like, or a couple of shots that they used from the original film. And then when they wanted to show, they went back to show what had happened previously, they recreated all the scenes from The Shining, which was, which was quite well done. I was like, they redid yeah. the Danny driving his trike around the halls and stuff like that. Like, and apparently the, the director got the plans of the hotel from Kubrick's estate and recreate, oh, remade the hotel. Like That's dedication. I know. And this film is way, if you're a Kubrick fan, if you're a fan of the first movie and you're a Stephen King fan, this movie is really worth watching. It does feel like a Stephen King novel. It feels as long as a Stephen King novel as well. But, like, there isn't many yeah. bits in it I could falter, hey? Like, and as it went no, it was, on... It was- the, the second half really explained the first half quite well. So I was like, it does end up being like vampires versus superheroes at the end, but like, yeah. I'm, I'm fine yeah. with that. Um, yeah. but basically, uh, it was good. It had an ending. It made sense. You know what I mean? Like, um, I liked the cockiness almost of the young new girl that had the shining of her, like, like her and Danny have to team up to fight the evil uh, Frente girl, evil Stevie Nicks. And um, yeah. it's just great. Good. Everything made sense. It looked great. Like a good film. Like I thought it was going to be shit. I honestly thought it was going to be shit. Um, and I don't yeah. like love was- every film. I'd have this, 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 this episode, but like, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> That um that scene where he's he's in his like he's he's not gotten himself together yet, but he has he spends the night with a, a lady and ends up stealing from her, and oh my lord! Oh uh, yeah, that, that, that was fucked. That fucked. I just, I needed to stop and just hold my cat for a minute and just pat the cat. I'm like, that's that's sad. Yeah, he's hit hey, rock bottom. He's got a beard. Clear, show, clearly showing he's hit rock bottom. He has the beard, and um, oh, you've got a beard. Yeah. And yeah, he like wakes up and he's been in a fight. He's hung over. The girl he's with his next woman like in a pool of her own dried up vomit. You don't even know if she's alive. And then she's yeah, not alive. And, and then he like goes to like steal her money because he like she spent all his money on cocaine. And as mm-hmm. he steals her money and as he's leaving, like her little baby comes out. <laughs> like yep. So then she's also got oh. a baby and he just fuck he just fucks off for it basically and just. You never know what happens until later on when they, sh- they show up yeah. as ghosts and they both oh, died my Lord. from him leaving yeah. them there. He never worked. She well, died. She was already- yeah, he left her. She was dead. So he never checked on her. She was dead. And then obviously no one came, which, which leads me to believe what the fuck are you doing in an apartment building and you have not seen your neighbor leave at any point and you can just hear a baby crying. Yeah, no one, if that no happened, gonna go check. I don't know, man. Like, if that happened in my neighborhood, I don't reckon anyone would notice. Yeah. Us is a pretty... So- anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah, yeah, there are some yeah. very disturbing scenes in this. So it was, that was heartbreaking. Like, that was pretty sad. I was, I was like, oh. It's a pretty, he hit rock bottom yeah. pretty hard, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like- that was very, that, that's rock bottom. You can't go any further than that. That's it. You're done. Yeah. Um, I, always, I always worry when Ewan McGregor's in things because I don't really like his American accent. 
Oh, really? Like I don't. Yeah, I don't know. This is why I don't like flying. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> I I always get upset when like because up until he did Star Wars, basically you got to see Ewan McGregor's penis in every Ewan McGregor film, <laughs> and like Star Wars really ruined that. Hey, like it's all of a sudden there's no Ewan McGregor dick, and then he's like, well now I don't have to do it. And I'm like, no, you do, you do. <laughs> <laughs> should be part of your contract, mate. It should be. It should be. I'm pretty wow. sure it was. It wasn't, but it was part of his contract that he comes and goes. I, I have to show my penis. Yeah, I need to show it. It's it's like, but but Mr. McGregor, there there is no reason for you to be naked at all in this film. Oh. I have to show it, uh, Mr. Mr. McGregor. McGregor this is a Disney this is, film. This is, uh, a, this is a this, yeah. This is, this is a is cartoon an children's film. Uh, but still, <laughs> draw it in. Yeah. Draw it in. <laughs> No, yeah, um, yeah, great, great film. Um, anyone who's a fan of the sh- uh, The Shining should give it a watch. Like I say, it isn't The Shining. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's, it's nothing will be The Shining. Kubrick is like a weird freak of nature that happened in the film industry. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's probably eighty percent there. If you know what I mean, like to being up there with like a really good one. I never saw the remake of The Shining, but I assume it was bad. I actually look. I've I've just found a copy because I was I was having a conversation with someone recently that I've not seen it in a number of years. So I have made it my mission to watch it because it is a TV movie. So it's super fucking long, um, <laughs> and it's what King wanted. So it's closer to the book, um, which people said is at its detriment. So I'm wondering how close we'll Doctor Sleep was to the book. I, I reckon. Uh, I felt like after like the three hours at the end, I'm like, did they put every line of dialogue from the novel in it? <laughs> like, it just seemed like they didn't try and skimp on anything. Three hours it was is, a is long movie. That's that's a power move. That's like yeah, over three hours as well. Well, it was over. It was definitely that's you and McGregor's dick right there. It's a power move. Oh yeah, he probably swung it around. <laughs> he knocked someone senseless, and they're like, sure, sure, three hours is fine. Three hours. I don't long, know what another dick to the head. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, what was your second film, Jen? Great. Uh, so I watched Jaws 3D. Ooh. Because why the shit not? I've never seen Jaws 3D. And I was super excited because we have a 3D TV. And I'm like, fuck yeah. I love 3D movies. Oh, really? Horror. Yes. You're the person only, that bought one. <laughs> only 3D. No, I never bought one. <laughs> no. Um, I only like 3D horror, though. I don't. Don't even get me started on Avatar. That's a whole conversation that I, I <laughs> you say, fucking hate. Avatar. You say don't get me started on Avatar every single episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> One day I'm going to do a whole episode on my hatred for Avatar. You're going to um, if we ever do merchandise, your merch is going to say Jennifer. Don't get her started on Avatar <laughs> for sure. Um, but we couldn't find the glasses for the TV, so I I had to just you know <laughs> I didn't get to watch it in 3D. And I feel that it ruined my experience. <laughs> what a terrible story and sad story. Like you just I went know. on about your bloody 3D TV. You finally found a reason to use it and you didn't couldn't find the bloody and glasses. I, that's right. So, um, so yeah, so uh, Jaws 3D, 1983, directed by Jerry Alves. Alves. Uh, it's the only film he has ever directed, but he was the production designer for Jaws and Jaws 2. Hmm. Um, I wonder why I just stopped there after making the best film. Wait, is Jaws 3D, is it just Jaws in 3D? No, no, no. So this is a completely different story. Um, It's Jaws 3. 
D. Yes, it's Jaws. It's Jaws three D. Um, <gasps> this film is suggested by Peter Benchley, who actually wrote Jaws. So th- there is nothing to do with Jaws realistically at all in this film. Is there a shark um, in it? <laughs> there is a shark in it. So. Uh, this third film in the series follows a group of marine biologists attempting to capture a young great white shark that has uh, wandered into Florida's SeaWorld Park. However, later it's discovered that the shark's 35-foot mother is also a guest at SeaWorld. What follows <laughs> is the shark wreaking havoc on the visitors in the park. Well, from land. Uh... <laughs> no, but also check out the trailer for Land Shark because that's going to be fucking amazing. Land um, Shark? Land shark, yes. Aren't they called um, lions? <laughs> for sure. Um, so basically, this film is terrible from start to finish, and I loved every second of it. It stars a very, very young Dennis Quaid, and it's Leah Thompson's first feature film role. Um, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, he's he's very young. So basically, it's the Brody boys. So um, Brody from the first Jaws movie. It's his two boys now grown up. Um, working for this park and this SeaWorld park is it's about to open so it kind of fits in with the whole Jurassic World kind of like oh we we shouldn't have done it but we did it and now everything's gone to shit and we're like why did this happen (laughs) that kind of thing um so it the whole film is kind of like set in this lagoon but the lagoon is also a basically deep sea expedition because it is there is so much depth to this water it is insane and insanely stupid which i love um so is that the one is this the jaws one where it gets its head stuck in an underwater base and it's just like this like clearly a toy shark just wobbling its head in a is that that one that does sound very familiar um this there's a lot of there's not a lot of the shark that you see um, okay. And when you do see it, it is a lot of um, animated. So it's not even like they've tried to create a mechanical shark or some kind of shark prop. It's just someone's kind of drawn a picture of it. Yes. <laughs> the best and I way. love it. And they, it's one of these films that you can clearly see that they've gone, okay, it's a 3D film. We need more 3D. Like- Throw this in. Throw yeah. this. Do this. Do this. And so there's like it, it bites a fish. And then the fish's head just kind of bobbles out at you and you're like, oh, that's cool. That, that would definitely look really good if my 3D fucking TV worked. <laughs> Is there an old man that points to them going, you will die, and he points at the camera? <laughs> that, that, that has <laughs> no. to be in every 3D film. Aww. That would be so much better. It makes me want to find these glasses so I can watch Piranha 3D. Um, or, um, yes. or Friday the 13th 3D. That's great. Yes. The, the, um. Because that's what I thought, because that's just Friday the 13th in 3D, where I, that's what yeah. I thought. That's what I've always thought Jaws 3D was. I just thought it was just like the, the original Jaws film in 3D. No, no. So this movie also held the record for highest grossing 3, 3D movie until it was knocked off by Sky, Spy Kids 3 in 2003. So this film has just, like, you know. Weird, because I thought that the Friday the 13th one would be better. Yeah, I don't know. I I couldn't tell you. Um, but yeah, so this was a lot of stupid, stupid fun. Um, I was sort of a little bit confused as to because Jaws was like what nineteen seventy seven, seventy seventy eight, 
78? Don't know. And this is 1983. So they go from being small, small children to grown-ass adults. Oh, Jaws is 75. 1975. 75. Okay, fine. That's slightly, but still 10 years. Uh, not even 10 years. Yeah. Um, but this was so much fun that I just feel everyone needs to take the time out of their day and please watch Jaws 3D. Should have been in 3D, though. That would have made it so much better as well, wouldn't it? Just got to rub it in, don't you, Dan? Yeah, you're so in the wounds. Okay, let's move. <laughs> Fuck you. Let's I move on it. to Homework. So every week, me and Jen uh, set, set ourselves a horror movie to watch as homework. Then we review it together the following week. Yeah. Yeah, this week we watched The Burning from 1981, and it was directed by Tony Malum. Now, yep. Jen, what did you think of The Burning or Friday the 13th, basically? <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because technically this film was written before Friday the 13th. So, oh, really? Uh, yes. It is the first feature film for the Weinstein Company as well. And upon watching it, I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Your pieces of shit. <clears throat> um, I have a lot of thoughts and I, and I really like watching you make your notes as well because I, when I went to chuck mine in, I'm like, oh, shit, Dan, we've got the same kind of notes. This is fantastic. Except mine are like often just one word things to make me, that don't make any sense. But my oh, first note here yeah. in, I'm going to talk about is a, a little note I like to call story. <laughs> <laughs> So the story of the film is there is a bunch of kids at summer camp. And let's just say this summer camp is basically Crystal Lake, hey? Like it looks yeah. like it. It's in the, I reckon it will be in the same region of America. Um, and it's around about the same time period or whatever, whatever, 1981. Um, I don't know when Friday the 13th first one came out. You can check that for 1981. Oh, same year. Okay, yeah. so there you go. Um, a bunch of kids might play a joke on the camp janitor who is no, who's a dickhead, um, and <laughs> they, they they play a, a trick on him because I I got the assume that he was a little bit of a, a slow person, um, but they they yeah. said that he was mean and stuff like that. So he's like the typical you know uh, uh, disabled person that they got that cleans the camp or something like that. Anyhow, yeah. they set, uh, they've put a, a skull in his room that has some, like, candles in its eyes, which scares which scares him um, a lot. And then he uh, knocks over the, the the skull, and then the bloody, uh, the whole cabin catches on fire. He catches on fire, and he runs down and jumps into the lake, and that's kind of the end. And so it mm -hmm. starts with them basically burning this dude. Now, the thing that I thought was weird... Apart from like what's in your notes of how bloody fly, uh, how how easily <laughs> that everything caught on fire in that room, <laughs> like you it never was know. Instantaneous. He, he instantaneous. Like no, you, you you. I don't think your bedding would catch on fire that quickly. He, it was basically just like he did live away. in a garden shed. He may have spilled petrol mm. on there from doing the mowing or something like that. Anyhow, well, there was. There was petrol at one point, and then there was the ex a little bit of an explosion. I was so, like how you know. flammable he was. <laughs> like he yes. just—it was like a little bit of flame hit his leg, and in the next shot, his whole body was engulfed. <laughs> like, I'm like yeah, it's pretty hard to yeah. burn anything. Anyhow, he runs and he goes into uh, the. He runs out into the bush, screaming, and he uh, goes into the lake, and then, um, it, yeah, it kind of that's the end yeah. of like the, the opening. 
Um, what is yeah. weird about this is that his name, it's, it's from the folklore of Cropsey. So his name is Cro- Have you heard of Cropsey before this? I have heard of Cropsey before this, yeah. So because it's a, it's like a folklore for upstate New York kind of thing. Yeah, like Staten Island and all stuff like that yeah. about like some kids that all went like missing in that. But this would this be like the first Cropsey, or do you reckon this is like this is playing on the Cropsey? Uh, I think it's playing on the Cropsey. So I think it's one of the first films to bring up the whole Cropsey thing. Um. Yeah. So if you don't know what Cropsey is, there's a, a pretty cool um, documentary just called Cropsey, um, which is, I think it was originally on Netflix and that. Or You'll be able to get it. It's probably the whole thing is on YouTube. It's just a doco. Uh, watch it. It's pretty crazy, like, what they get, what they go through in the documentary. Like, like, fight, like it's basically one of those true crime ones where they link it, like, Cropsey to being someone else. And, all, and it's, anyway. Yeah. So they blame it on Cropsey. Um, and then it cuts to what is like an amazing hospital montage of them trying to fix <laughs> up Cropsy, and it was just yeah. voiceovers going like, "None of the skin attached to him. It's not working, Doctor. Oh, he's hideous!" <laughs> like, and then it just cuts it's to been six months. It's been six months or whatever, and the, no, it'd been like years. I think it, it had was, been yeah. I think it had only been a couple of years. Yeah, just the skin grafts they won't take. Yeah, yeah, and stuff. And then they just wheel him, and then they're like, "Sorry, Cropsy, you have to go. We can't do any more for you." And they just wheel him in a wheelchair out of the hospital and dump him on the streets of New York. (laughs) Can I point out that he leaves the hospital dressed for murder? If you're leaving a hospital, you're in track pants. You're in sneakers. If you're in sneakers, you're probably in slippers. You are not dressed in boots. Black slacks with a trench coat, gloves, and fedora. You are dressed for murder, not leaving the hospital. And yeah, and he's like, he's always in shadow. And the first thing he does, like, he leaves the hospital, right? Dressed, dressed in his murder outfit, his best, his best, yeah. his best Sunday black murder slacks. And yeah. he, um, he just first thing he does is walk up to a prostitute, take her to somewhere, her and home. then because she her home, and she doesn't see him because he must be like. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, she well, can't see his face. He's got his fedora on. He's got a fedora, know? and everyone knows that masks everything. And <laughs> and then she suddenly sees him. She's like, "Oh my god, you're a monster! Get away from me!" And then he just murders her. And the first thing I notice is the mur- the the murdering, like the gore in this, is super realistic. Did you notice that? It was very well. Well, again, we have Tom Savini to thank for that. Yeah, like you saw, like say so he stabs like like um the prostitute in the belly and you see her yeah. jubbly belly. Cause she's not like, um, she's not like super thin. She's just like a normal lady. Yeah. yeah. And then, and you see the knife going into her belly and it's soft and looks real. And at first yeah. I was like, Oh, have I accidentally downloaded it? Like some weird snuff film. <laughs> like, cause there was, <laughs> there were shots in it. I was like, it looks so real. And it never did. It did like uh, kind of like three quarter shots where you could see her head, her her torso, and see the knife going into it. And they did it a couple of times, like the yeah. bit where the 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 the, the daggers, uh, no, his knives go through that dude's neck and pin him against the tree. That looks that was the best scene as well. It looked flawless. I was like, yeah, it looks completely real. It looks sickeningly real, and I love this. 
And then... Well, this was one of the first films, so upon its release, this was one of the first films that in the UK was taken off shelves um, and deemed to be a video nasty, so... Oh, yeah, well, it yeah. is. I was shocked. Yeah. Like, I was like, holy shit. And then yeah, right? it cuts forward. It cuts forward uh, to how many years are there where the, the original kids that burnt Cropsy um, mm-hmm. are now old enough that they are camp counsellors and they're in the camp running the camp. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get that vibe straight away? Because they, they did well, it as a reveal later. I'm like, duh, that was obvious that they're the same kids. <laughs> like, well, it's just Todd. It's only Todd. Uh, so I don't know where all the others went, but, yeah, oh, as far as I, I, where, I, it's just Todd. Oh, okay. So it's just Todd, one of the just – one, just one of them. Or was it the main guy that instigated the prank? Anyway. Yeah, he was one of the guys, yeah. Anyway, the main camp counsellor, Todd, mm-hmm. um, who is like some uh, dreamboat guy. Mm-hmm. Um, is now running the camp. And also there's yeah. a new bunch of campers there. But what is the best part about this whole film is that one of those campers is Jason Alexander, who, as we this all know, is George Costanza from Seinfeld. <laughs> this movie is the summer of George. I know. It actually it is. is. And it really is. And he actually, and oh, the, the first thing I got in this film is like, it's acted quite well. Like all the summer camp yeah. scenes and all the characters are all these believable characters. And it seems like it's one of those like, you know, here living in Australia, we didn't really have summer camp. And to me, it's one of those yeah. like fantastical. I kept looking and telling my wife, man, I would have loved to have gone to camp. Look how fun this looks. Like, you know, you're hanging out with kids, you're all sleeping in bunks. Like you go canoeing, you do stuff, you wear short shorts. Like... <laughs> Yeah, short and Jason and, and Jason Alexander plays like he, he and he doesn't play the nerd. He doesn't play the b- babbling buffoon. You know, he plays a cool dude, and he pulls it off. Yeah, nice yeah. guy. He and he has hair too. That's yeah, very very he's true. Well, he hair. is a teenager yeah. in it, um, but his voice is <laughs> he, still just George Costanza's. Like, and he looks like George. He just he he has. It's kind of like I know he's aged, but looking at him there and looking at him in Seinfeld, aside from the the hair difference, he looks exactly the same. Yeah. He, um, he, I think though he does as a young person, he did look older than he was and he just, yeah. he eventually became his age. If you yeah. know what I mean? Like, but yeah, anyhow, you can go on. So what happens next? So it happens yeah. next. So lots of stuff starts happening. It, this is a bit of a slow burning film. So it takes about 48 minutes into the film um, and that's not 48 minutes after the lady died, the prostitute dies. But it takes 48 minutes for the campers to start dying. But you get a sweet and 48 minutes of a camp film before that, which is fine. You do, and it's so much fun. Like, I have, I mean, everything you've described about, like, I love a good summer camp horror. But the the idea of going to a summer camp and experiencing that, fuck that. No, I'm, no, I'm out. I You're don't out. like people. No. I, there is no way in hell I could do summer camp. A, I don't like people. <laughs> like it's, a, let alone spending three months with people. Is it three months? Spend, Are you there for that long? Well, I think it's about three months because it's like the whole of summer. That's crazy. So let alone spending three months with a bunch of bitchy hormonal women, Ooh. like pre, like pubescent hormonal women. Fuck that. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had like that. Glazer guy that you've written here, like oh. he was like the he he was supposed to be one of the young campers, except he was clearly as old as all the. He old. looked like he was in his forties. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he played like the 
the weird he, – he played like the like jock, like the violent, yeah. dumb jock. But it was weird because he was also – he was like the dickhead, but he was also yeah. in the main guy's kind of group. Like he sat at their tables, in their bunk beds, you know, in their room. Yeah. Um, which, which I guess this is what camp is. Like you just you can't leave people. You're in their rooms with them. No. Yeah, and he's such like this oafy guy who just talks about you know dick and women and stuff. Which is he's just such a horrible character that I I just the whole way through I'm just like I you I just want to watch you die. You need to die right now. Stop talking. Stop <laughs> doing anything. Just fucking die. Um, and he did in the end have the best best death scene i think out of everyone it was it was the longest one it was dragged out the most he you know full straight through the throat lifted up and into a trees yeah so and the mate the killer realistic cropsy kills you with a pair of pruning shears like massively yeah. oversized sharpened up pruning shears which are invincible <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah he stuck it through the guy's neck and pinned him to a tree and it looked real i yeah. was like oh god so this yeah. is Savini. No wonder it was so good. It would have been like yeah. heyday Savini as well. Well, Tom Savini turned down Friday the 13th Part 2 to work on this film. So, you know, that's that's why that this film is so good. Um, the Cropsy mask itself, it only took him three days to do, which he absolutely hated. Um, as in but- now, just like disowned it. Well, I don't think he's disowned it, but, I mean, when you've got three days, you come onto a project, you've got three days to do something that is meant to be, like, you know. Terrifying. It's terrifying mass, like, you know. So oh, when it came up the first time, I was I was grossed out. I was like, oh, God. Like, I thought it did, <laughs> I thought it did the job. I was, I it, was... it was really good. Like, the scene where that, and, like, Arthur's, Arthur was a bit of a strange character as well. Like, they don't really sort of just explain him. Which one was him. Arthur? He was the, the weird kid that was just staring at everyone. Oh, yeah, he was a weird kid. So, as, it, as in the young, yeah, there's a main character, which is a young kid, Arthur, and he clearly has some psychological problems. He, like, he watches, yes. he's a watcher. He, like, he, he sneaks up and just watches people and, um... You know, he, he's a nice kid, but, yeah, he clearly had that kind of, like, it was like he'd been abused, like, formally yeah. by someone and, like, he's turned into one of those, he just, like, sits and watches people and stuff like that. But he was still in their gang, which I really appreciated. And I really appreciated that he wasn't just belittled the whole film. Like, George Costanza's no. character was nice to him. Like, just went, no, he's all right. He's just, like, yeah, misunderstood. He's fine. You know, and then there was that scene where, you know, Glazer's going off at him and being a real dickhead, and then they're like, let's get him back. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll do it for you. Like, you say the word and we'll get it done. Yeah. Um, so. There's a lot of, like, uh, a lot of, like, horny teenagers in this film, would you say it? Typical a la, <laughs> you know, ca- and even counsellors, you know, lots of everyone wants to have a bit, get a bit, and they yeah. do. Um, but then, yeah, everything goes to shit. He starts killing everyone. And then, yeah, what else happens in it? I'm trying to remember. Oh, the, the one good thing, though, I'm just going to say this. Jason Alexander survives. I was so happy. Like, Yeah, I know, right? Like, that's for me. weird that they actually separated him from all the gore and action? Like, remember, like, there's a bit where they break up into two teams. One goes in a raft away and the other one stay at land. And they're all girls at stake and Jason Alexander? Like, yeah. Like, for no reason. Why didn't he go on the raft? <laughs> 
<laughs> and it was so funny as well because it's like Fisher Stevens. So if anyone remembers Fisher Stevens, um, he's been from Short Circuit. He's probably been a lot of other stuff, but that's how I remember him. So he, this was also his first film. He plays a character called Woodstock. And, you know, he's one of the kids that's on the raft and he's at the front of the raft and, you know, he's like paddling away and it's just this front shot and I'm like, your balls are showing. Oh, from the short shots? And I'm like, stop, these shorts are too short. What about the scene where they give, they give moons? They moon the, <laughs> the dude and then you can see the actor's balls. Like, I, which I is the same kid. Balls. Yeah, you can yeah. see balls. Like, you, don't, you don't pull your pants the whole way down in a moon and then show it. Like you pull your pants down low enough to see your bums out, not the whole way down, and then do it towards the camera so you can see everyone can see your balls. <laughs> like I was like, right. I can't believe they put balls yeah. in this. <laughs> like, and then every <laughs> and then everything goes to shit. Cropsy starts killing everyone off, and then it turns into at the yeah. end. It's just like um, the main guy Todd. He just go. He just goes full ash from Evil Dead. Did you notice that? You he notice. does. Yes, that was one of my notes. I'm like, oh man, I hope Dan. Pe-. And there's yeah. It's, as soon as I'm like typing it up, I'm like, oh yep, there it is. Looks yeah. like ash. Yeah. He so he's got the same jeans. He's got the same blue shirt. It starts to get ripped. He's all sweaty. He's got the same look in his face. Like, he looks like the same character from the original Evil Dead. And he gets like a he gets like a weapon and stuff like that and they're fighting Cropsy and it just he just was evil dead but it it's was real she had an axe an axe that's right and um but then like when they and then like you're saying here like all of a sudden they find Cropsy and for some reason he's got a flamethrower <laughs> did he get the flamethrower i know like, Cropsy what he's out what? in the he's out in the wilderness you know out in the forest and they <laughs> He was it. I think they were in Cropsy's lair, though. It's weird. Well, I don't. I, I don't know. So apparently, the cave that they were meant to film this in actually collapsed um, just after scouting. So they found like a, an abandoned mine. So this was an actual mine that was abandoned. So it could be his lair. Who knows? Well, just before they went into the mine, they were going through a whole bunch of ruins in the forest, which were clearly real ruins that they were just like, you know, they just yeah. they were just using a great location that they found. And they really reminded me of like there were ruins up our way when we were growing up called, it was an old monk monastery that had like, mm. like uh, fallen down. It looked exactly the same. And we called it Mad Monks. And I actually went up there and made a horror movie back in the day called The Mad Monk Massacre, and we shot it there. Ah. Uh, And it reminded me heaps of the shots, so where they're all filmed from up the top because they're really easy vantage points for filming down into ruins. I'm like, these are all the same shots I use in my stupid film. But, yeah, I loved Uh, it. Well, yeah. And then in the end, he had a flamethrower, and then in the end, like, his death was pretty gruesome, eh? (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah, it was. I found the ending to be a little anticlimactic. It's just kind of like, man, a lot of stuff's happening. Let's get this guy. He's chasing this guy. It's going to happen. Oh, oh, it's done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh whoops. Well, they, but okay. he, he gets killed by getting his own scissors or pruning shears in the back all the way through him. Then he, yeah. then he gets axed in the head, and the axe goes into his head and a post behind yes. him, which pins him to the post. And then he's yes. clearly dead. And then the weird kid, um, Arthur, fire. just sets him on fire for no reason. Like he's already yeah. dead. <laughs> and I'm like, so they not only they burn him twice. He gets yeah. burnt twice throughout the movie. Like, like so it all starts from them burning him. They clearly didn't learn their lesson because at the end they burned him again. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
It was great. I loved it. I, I had so oh, much yeah. fun with it. Like there were a few things that I was really sort of, you know, I, I can watch anything and I don't get mad about a lot of stuff, but like I thought that there were some like unjustifiable death scenes. So like Karen, she's the first camper to die. And basically like she's off with this guy, Eddie, who's a huge fucking dickhead anyway. And he's like, oh, no, it's okay. Like I like you. Like, you know, let's yeah, go he, was, he was like a weird domestic violent guy. He was, and he was just, like, they're in the water and he's kind of, like, trying to force himself on her and she's, you know, no, and he's like, yeah, go come on. Like, you know, the, the you know, three no's and a yes is still a yes kind of guy. And she basically goes, nah, I'm out of here, and he's all mad about it as well, which pissed me off. And then yeah. so she gets out and then all her clothes have been taken by Cropsy and she she dies. And she's, so like, like, solid naked as well. Like, she's stuck. She is very naked. You start naked. You can see bush. You can see everything. And I'm like, that's a pretty gutsy scene from back then. But then again, yeah, maybe she, you know, you don't know how they like, like they tell those young girls trying to get into the industry. You have to well, go it naked. Well, it's a Weinstein movie. Oh dear. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was kind of really frustrated that you know these, you know, and even Glacier, he's like on this girl, like, okay, let's go. And she's like, no, not here. And he's like, why not? Fine, we'll wait. Let's go now. And she's like, no. Just stop. And I, so I was really sort of disappointed that Eddie didn't get a more brutal death. Like I thought that, you know, every film has unjustifiable deaths. Like did this character really deserve to die in this way versus the guy that should have died in that way? I like that there was no death for so long and suddenly there's that raft scene and everyone dies (laughs) in like two seconds. Like he just jumps out of the water or wherever he was hiding. They're on a, a makeshift raft that they've made. And yeah. he like so all the cuts fingers get, like, off. Cut he like yeah. cutting fingers off. He's stabbing into their face. He's like doing everything. And it's all happening like in the yeah. period of one minute. Like this ultra gore. And like these these, these scenes <laughs> could have been, you know, spread out, but nah, it all happens in one scene. No. They're all together, like as well. <laughs> like so good. That's what I love. But I was also very curious because obviously, um, so when Karen dies, um, you know, they wake up the next day and they're like complaining to like where the hell is she and he's like i don't know she got mad at me for some reason and she's disappeared so all the canoes are gone so they can't get back so that's why they're building a raft and of course you know they're rafting down you know his fisher stevens bowls are showing and then they find this canoe just floating in the middle of the water and you know they go up to the canoe and then you know cropsy jumps out of the canoe and starts killing people like how long were you sitting there waiting for them to come what if they'd have gone the other way yeah, I thought he didn't think Cropsy was going to be in there. I thought it was just going to be her corpse. That see, that would have been just as good. But yeah, that, for for me, that was a bit like oh, okay, sure. But overall, I thought it was a solid camp slasher. It was. Like, I loved it. Um, yeah, it had the gore. It had a great monster. It had uh, characters that were interesting. It had George Costanza. It yep. had. Um, and yeah, it it was just a solid film, like a solid slasher yeah. that I can't believe I hadn't. I never saw the first time around. Yeah, yeah, no, me neither. It's just one that I've never sort of seen. It's never, I don't think, I mean, I couldn't find it. I had a bit of a rough time trying to track it down. In the end, it's on YouTube. You can watch it for free on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so that's how I watched it. Um, yeah, and the yeah. only reason I knew about it is because of that, that horror documentary. What was that there? Yes, the uh, 80s horror doc. Yeah, what's the saying? Like something into darkness or something like that? The one that goes yeah, for three hours? Darkness. Yeah. It's four hours. Yes. Four hours. <laughs> four hours. Um, the- it was a, it was a good documentary, but that's how you and I both found this film. So, mm. 
That works out. Um, yeah. All right, let's move on to some horror news. So, let's, so, yeah, let's do some horror news. Oh, what have I written here? Let us take you on a ride. As some of you may not survive. Welcome to horror news. I forgot I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I um, love it. So go. What is that? We have our two stories this week. What's number one? We do. Okay. There's a few different stories this week popping up, but... Um, this is one I posted on the Facebook, uh, hoping for a little bit more interaction than we got. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> come on. Um, so Kevin Bacon is up for replacing Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Nice. Um, yeah. So I kind of wanted this this topic to be a little bit more of a talking point for everyone on the page because everyone I know, I mean, who doesn't love A Nightmare on Elm Street? Everyone loves Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Everyone hates Jackie O'Haley as Freddy Krueger in this disgusting remake. So now there's going to be another film. Mm. Or they want to be another film. But um, this is, so this is just like Kevin Bacon is up for replacing Robert England as Freddy Krueger. This yeah. isn't a solid. And it this com- isn't, yeah, nowhere solid. No. What, but, you should read the, uh, the England last, said yeah. last summer. So England said... He's not a kid anymore either, but the rumour I've heard that I like is Kevin Bacon. Kevin loves horror. He's a real actor. He's a character actor. Kevin was great in Tremors. Kevin was great in Stir Up Echoes. And I've heard this rumour. We need someone like that to take it on and redo it, exploring all the new technology. End quote. End quote. And I don't know. Is it weird that someone with the last name is Bacon is going to play a burnt person? So it'd be like Chris I mean, a lot of the comments we have had, and thank you very much, guys. I love puns and wordplay. They've all been relative to that. So I'm all for that. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I'm just yeah. trying, I'm looking at his face here. It's hard mm-hmm. because, like, Freddie's makeup, uh, it wasn't a mask. Is it a mask or is it just makeup, his mask? I, knew um, it, I remember it took him hours is- to do each day. Like, yeah, apparently. I'm pretty certain it's, like, it is makeup, but it is, like, you know, a a head cast or something like one of those silicone head casts i think um i don't know like i don't really foresee like i don't see kevin bacon as being overly charismatic but it's all those things like you think something isn't going to be good like you know and then an actor just comes through and just nails it like there's a reason why these people are actors is because they're good at lying so like I could imagine if he, if he's got the voice. I think it's the voice that really makes Freddy. You know, the, ha, 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 you know, how he laughs and stuff like that. And but like, even then, when have you seen Kevin Bacon go full ham? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when have you seen him do anything like that? I've. I think the only thing because I I was having this conversation with someone. Actually, I was just talking at someone about this. They were probably just zoned out. The only thing I've ever really seen him in where he's he sort of has fun with himself and with the role is when he's playing himself in Will and Grace. That's oh, the only see. time that I see him having fun with what he's doing. Tremors, though, was good. He was funny in that. that was I a, can't remember Tremors. Tremors, is, they, they, he was like a, a country hickey kind of guy that said to me, look at me, look at the ass end of this one, and stuff like that. Like, um, I, 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 he could, sure. I mean, I mean there's, what was he in, Hollow Man as well? Hollow Man yeah. was a that was a horror. He's a, I don't know, man. Like it's one of those hard things. You can never tell who's going to be good as Freddy. Like I, all I do know is that the latest Freddy was not a good Freddy. Um, 
It was not. Like, it, I always figured Freddy's really tall as well because he's always really? quite Robert big England's and he lifts kids small. up. What? Yeah. Robert England, he's small. Is he? I mean, you, yeah, well, because, like, you remember in um, him and in, in Freddy vs. Jason, he is, he's not that tall a guy. Yeah, but Jason's supposed to be huge. He has, like, Jason big, big clump and boots. He's a mammoth. He's a mammoth, John. <laughs> so I don't know, like, but again, like, in my head, it's kind of like you with the Evil Dead thing. In my head, this is who Freddy Krueger is. This is what A Nightmare on Elm Street is. If you then stray away, it's not going to be okay. I would, but it, it probably will be. Who knows? I've got that thing as well. Is Nightmare on Elm Street not able to be remade in this day and age and how we think? You know what I mean? Like, as in, like, he, he, he said heaps of un-PC stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, it's... Like, do you I know mean, what I how mean? Do you make, how do you make a politically correct horror film? No, no, there are politi- politically correct horror films, but, like, Freddie's main thing that everyone laughed at was him, like, calling women bitches and, like... Yeah. And, and stuff like that. And I just don't know if people would think that's funny still. They'd be like, ooh. So yeah. they'd have to you do him... Yeah, or it's not just that. It's just like the people just, you can say it, but it, people, it'll just go down like a lead balloon. People just be like, mm, that's yeah. not. We're, 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 it's like if, if, if he was like just doing like gay jokes and stuff, like whenever yeah. there's these horror movies that we're watching, oh, and it's either going, yeah, yeah, you know, this and that, and like, you know, making slurs against gay people, and, and then they think it's funny. It even happened like when I was watching Clerks 2 the other day, and I was like, I was cringing at some of like, like the gay jokes. I'm like, man, I, we have really moved on since that time, which is nice. We have. I was rewatching uh, Bill and Ted, and you know, there's that scene where they go and hug, and then they back yeah. away, and they're like, oh, "Fag." Yeah. Like, oh. Oh. Yeah, and you it seems and it now. seems really weird, and it's disappointing. Do you notice to yourself? You go like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah. Like, but it's not the film's fault because at the time, that yeah. was. It was. I mean, there's no. Acceptable. Yeah, yeah, it was completely separate. And if anything, it was the thing that, I, and I've said this before with other things, it's the thing that needed to be said to make, it was the first step in making it more acceptable. Yeah. And then, you know, putting it into the mass media, just the idea of, like, just even talking about, like, the gay community and then moving it from there. But it's, it has it has changed. But at the time it was probably oh, needed, yeah. but now it's not needed anymore kind of thing, if you know what I mean. I mean, I might be getting completely wrong as someone who's not, um, I mean, I mean, you're part of the LGBT community. What do you think? I am. I'm weird. Like, I'm not overly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are certain things that are said and done that I'm, I'm not okay with, but then there are other sort of things that are said and done and I'm like, mm, yeah, okay, like, I'm not gonna be upset by that because i i you, you kind of just realize that well that's how people are and mm. which isn't that shouldn't be the thing that should not be the thing everyone needs to learn and grow and be better just be better but yeah, yeah i don't and know people, like i don't they were doing yeah. a, a, a getting better like, there's a lot of better out there but yeah. my my point is that i think the majority of what freddie uh, 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 the epitome of the old freddie is stuff that is not as pc as it is these days that you can't yeah. probably just get away with. And then, like, what do you replace? What humour do you replace Freddie with? I think it should be heaps of swearing. It should have heaps yes. of swearing. Because no one else didn't have swearing in them that much. No. And I love swears. Yeah, same here. Funny swearing just, is funny. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like, love swears. Get him saying heaps funny like swear words like like dick bags and like like fuck <laughs> fuck face. Fuck face is one of my most favorite like swear words ever. Imagine we going like your turn now, fuck face. And I'm like, I could do it. That's funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's like, yeah. I reckon and so turn away from like like the misogyny and just turn it to like the swearing and just and the violence. Like make the gore yeah. scenes ridiculous and work hard. Work hard on the um, the dreamscapes and stuff. Like, and yeah. getting back to Doctor Sleep, um, the bits. Do you remember when they astro travelled in that to find people? When yeah. uh, and how cool that was. Like they would yeah. like and like so gravity would shift to the gravity of the person you were trying to you know find kind of, and then you'd move around the world and then you'd come in like. And it was a gravity cool thing, and it seemed really dreamlike. Mm. And I thought that that's the shit they need in Nightmare on Elm Street. They need to have fights on the sides of buildings and stuff, where gravity is a perception of the person dreaming and stuff like that. And I reckon yeah. that would be cool. That would be great. And yeah, and not not bloody uh, Inception dreaming. To me, that didn't seem like a dream at all in Inception. Did you find that like no, ne- that, was... that didn't? It never seemed like they were in a dream. It was like no, no. this isn't right. You need like. You need to accept things in the dream. Because when you're in a dream and weird shit's happening, you accept it. You, yeah, you got to go with it. Yeah. And so you, it's, just like, it's just like a flow of the person who's having the dream. So it has to be them dictating the surroundings and stuff like that, like through their movements yeah. and actions, but they don't find it weird or some shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so less misogyny and less, actually, let's say, no misogyny, no homophobia, Big yeah. swears, big swears, great gore, great gore, yeah, great gore as well, like ridiculous great gore. gore, like yeah. use. I want more gore. Yeah, have like, and because he can do anything, like this Nightmare on Elm Street three, like the snake, like and stuff like you know coming out oh, the floor yeah. and going around, like those scenes, like they're so good, like the the TV, yeah. like coming out of the TV and grabbing the girl with like with these like electronic arms and. All those yes. things. More practical. I want practical effects. Practical. None of the, no CG. No CG. Okay, a little bit of CG. Nah. Uh, just you can, just yeah. a little bit. But just for, for little tiny things. I want things. Practical. Yeah. Like, for like, you know, eyes. You know, putting, <laughs> you know when they put yeah. eyes on things and it's with CG and it looks really good, like they did in Hellboy and stuff like that and Pan's Labyrinth mm-hmm. and that kind. Like their level of Pan's Labyrinth CG. Yeah. That's what we want. Like, you know, yeah. you need to take out a leg or a puppeteer's. You know, stick or something yeah. like that. <laughs> but I reckon yeah. that's just what you need—like a good solid, just a, a redo of like the humor and what yeah. it is to be Freddy. And Kevin I mean, Bacon so could do that. Well, I don't. I mean, I'm not sold on it, but I'm interested to see that if he does, if something does eventuate out of this, I, I am very interested to see where it will go and, and how the, it will go. And they should make it—he's a child murderer, but he's not a child fucking rapist. Yes. And they should set no. it in the fucking eighties. It'd be wicked. Yes. Set it in the 80s. Don't have it now. Everything People, Everything should just be set in the 80s. You, know, you don't have to worry about phones. You don't have to, you know what I mean? Like, you just, you can phones just go. Phones ruins everything. Yeah, just go you ham. You can't do it. It's just like, oh, yeah, nah, okay. I like, oh, let me just type in, I need a sleep thing. Okay, I've got an app for that. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. No. You could do, don't want that. Do that Stranger Things vibe, you know, set it in the 80s. Everyone loves the 80s. 80s is, 
is the birth of horror. Set it in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then not only yeah. have you got a solid horror and you've redone it, but you've got a solid period piece of nostalgia. And that's what you need. That's what the new Freddy didn't have. It didn't have any nostalgia attached to it. It was like exactly. A weird it wasn't fun. Clinical. Yeah. Anyway. Piece of shit. <laughs> 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 grumble, grumble, grumble. Yep. <laughs> I love it. That's why I put that in there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, love, I love. I love a discussion and a grumble. A grumble. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I am um, going completely off topic and nothing to do with horror. Oh, it is horror. Oh, have you have you looked into you know Kelsey Grammer? Yes. As in Fraser, Have you yes. looked into his life of what's happened to him throughout his whole life? Uh, no, but I hear he's a bit of an asshole. Mm, maybe. It's maybe. pretty crazy, man. Like his, his really? life starts off with like his dad getting murdered like, and then it huh? goes into his sister getting kidnapped, raped and murdered. What? And then his two stepbrothers, uh, one drowns and one gets eaten by a shark. And then, the like, fuck? and then, like, yeah, and then um, he becomes an alcoholic and addicted to cocaine because of all the shit that's happened to him. And then, like, uh-huh. he goes to, um, and then he gets a wife who abuses him and, like, physically abused him. And then when he broke up with her, she uh, killed herself and their, uh, their unborn baby <laughs> that they had. Like, she, And then, like, it's so crazy what that dude's been through. No wonder he's an arsehole. Wow. And then um, he's, yeah, had, okay. he's had like he's had like four miscarriages with other women. He's been married four times, but at the end of the day, yeah. he has seven children. <laughs> now wow. that's crazy. That's a lot of children. Anyhow, that's nothing to do with. Horror. I mean, it is horror, bull. Like the, I never knew that about it him. Is like, and it's just so I, crazy I think to think we that we all need to take a moment. And yeah, like just, you know, oh, poor Kelsey Grammer. Fuck. Look up his that's... life. It's crazy. Like ah. Oh. He's, like, he, it just should be a movie. Like, it, it would be unbelievable. Like, yeah. Holy shit. Okay, sending positive vibes to Kelsey Grammer today. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. That's <laughs> what all the cool kids say, Dan. No, they're not. All right, what's no, our story not- number two? <laughs> okay, so Nicolas Cage enters an animatronic horror in Willy's Wonderland. Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> sure, why not? Now, yeah, I look. I just wanted to talk about it because I wanted to say Willy's Wonderland. That's it. No other um, reason. I've read about this, and I, sure. I've been reading about this film and like what it's about. So it's basically he is a, a worker that works at like a fun place or whatever they're called, you know, and mm-hmm. he gets trapped there overnight with these demonic um, animatronic things, possessed animatronic things. And I'm like, why has no one mentioned the word Five Nights at Freddy's in this whole uh, article? Yeah, so because at the same time, yeah, so at the same time that this is happening, Blumhouse is working on a Five Nights at Freddy's movie. So you reckon this is the exact same premise? So these two films are going to come out probably around the same time and be very similar. And people are just going to be like, but isn't this just Five Nights at Freddy's? Yeah, well, basically. Willy's Wonderland. Um, Apparently it was originally called Wally's Wonderland and they've changed it for some reason. I wonder if that's because of Wally World out of National Lampoon's Vacations. Quite Holiday possibly. <laughs> <laughs> See, another great 80s film. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious as to how they feel that they're going to do this because, of course, I don't know if you've seen the Banana Splits movie, uh, which came out last year or the year before, 
which is essentially the same premise as both of these films, yeah, except right. it's the banana splits. Isn't it weird that – have you ever tried to play – is it Five Nights at Freddy's? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, I've never played it. I tried to play it because it was massive. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like a phenomenon and or whatever, and I'm like – I and just I don't think know- it was massive for kids. Yeah, like you don't do anything in it. You yeah. just you just watch. You're just sitting there and you kind of, and then I'm like, how did I die? You know what I mean? Like I don't get what's going on. Yeah. And I'm sure there is I a way. Know. I know it's really popular. Like uh, we still, I still get kids going, hey, do you have any Five Nights at Freddy's stuff? I'm like, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, it, it, yeah, it, it's still insanely popular, which is fantastic. But yeah, I don't know. It's. Can you? I mean, it, it could be a really good slow burn kind of horror, but it wouldn't be a kids' horror film. No, I don't even think you couldn't even market it towards kids. No, like, so horror for kids is a stuff like you know, ghost house and stuff like that, whatever. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, Monster House. That, that was it. <laughs> Monster. That was actually a really good film. Yeah, I like that film as well. From what I can remember, it's been a long time. I mean, you could. I mean, the idea of an, uh, possessed animatronic things is pretty terrifying. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's got that vibe of, like, if you remember in Silent Hill Part 3, when you first come into it, like, you're in a, a, an amusement park and there's all those dead rabbits, like the mascots rabbits, and there are pe- people dead in them with the blood all over them, like, which I always thought was really weird mm-hmm. and scary. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you've got that vibe to it, like animatronics, man, like because robots are so violent and, like, sharp, and then you've got these soft, furry outsides to them, kind of like the the yeah. weirdness you get of watching Meet the Feebles, the idea that they're, like, puppets with gore inside <laughs> of them. What was that recent one Yeah, that has the girl from lady from Ghostbusters in it? The Happy Time Murders? Is that what uh, it was the Happy Death Time Murders? I, I know the one that you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, did happy, you watch that? Happy- I did. I, I thought it was um, okay. Yeah, it was all right. It wasn't like, exactly what I wanted it to be, but I don't think it was ever going to be. I liked it. Wasn't it their drugs that the Muppets had um, with, like, glitter and sugar that they snorted? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> there was a few really interesting moments in that one. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. Like, if you if you kind of want to check out a film that's available now that has this whole animatronic, animatronic uh demon possessed kind of fit horror just check out the banana splits movie right. that was a lot of fun and super gory and it had everything like it had exactly that you think nicholas cage just has a wish list that he ticks stuff off that he wants to do and it just so happens that he's always wanted to be in a possessed animatronic movie <laughs> i think so <laughs> but he- i like that they're calling it it's a uh, I see this movie as Pale Rider versus Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Now, I don't know what the hell Pale Rider is, but Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Like, I like that movie. That's fine. I I like Puppet Master. I was a fan of Puppet Master when I was growing up. Every every time they had a new Puppet Master film out and it introduced the new character on the cover, like, introducing Torch or something like that, like the new puppet. (laughs) Um, Well, there's there's like 11 of them now. Ah, well, yeah, I only only saw like four. Well, this one, they're Nazis. There's, like, Puppet Master, the Littlest Reich, and they're, oh, like, little Jesus. Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Nicolas Cage is a funny guy. Like, he, um, what was that one recently I watched? The Colour of Space? The Colour in Space? Yeah, I haven't. Colour yeah. of Space, or whatever it was called. Like, the, the very, um. The H.P. Lovecraft one. Yeah, was that H.P. Lovecraft story? Yes, it was. 
the main, the main problem I had with that film was I really enjoyed it. But the main problem is mm. that, like, they're just, like, it's this colour, a new colour. And then, like, it shows the colour. And then you're like, it's pink. Like, that's not a new colour. Like, they could have made a new colour. And, I mean, I know you can't physically make a new colour, but you could have done it as, like, a spiralling, trapezoid-y, rainbow-y thing. You know, it's something that was hard to pinpoint on what colour it was, like, visually. But, yeah, it was just, like, it was just the colour that it was was just that, you know, that super hot pinky purple that is so in vogue at the moment? You know, that beautiful colour? Yeah. But, anyhow. Yes. It's a small hour. Okay. I still haven't watched it yet. It's on my list, but. It's got um, some truly horrific scenes in it. I can imagine. But Nicolas Cage, I think that they're just beyond the point of him auditioning for things. It's, I think they could just kind of like, they've got something set up near him when he wakes up in the morning. He's like, today I am going to be this person. They're like, let's make it into a movie, guys. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Well, what you are know. we doing today, Mr. Cage? Oh, I've got this. What Got glass full of M and M's. Whatever the fuck I want, that's what. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm okay with it. Like you know, he's he's done a lot of great films over. Uh, he's done a lot of shit films in his time, but they're always just so entertaining. So yeah, whatever we'll he wants to do. So now we got to work we'll out leave. what homework are we going to do? I've got some. Have you noticed I've written some ideas here that I've been brainstorming? I, yes. And I'm just wondering, is there any of these you haven't seen? So uh, the list I have at the moment is Fright Night, which I have seen, but I cannot remember once. And I looked at some screenshots and I'm like, oh man, it's like a kid's teen film. And this might be really cool. Like, I love yeah, Monster Squad. Oh, see, it's been a very, very long time since I've seen Fright Night. And it's because I was also talking about Salem's Lot today. And I'm like, I recall the last time i ever saw that so yes um but looking at what you've got so far i've not seen any of those you've not seen the the hidden altered states the fun house of unknown origin which is our old mate cosmatos and and, and with peter weller as the main actor who the hell's peter weller robocop that guy oh fuck yeah oh (laughs) you know in every wicked film like like Leviathan, he was in with Cosmatos as well, and then yeah, is he going to shoot someone's dick off? Well, we can only assume. Yeah, and then right. we got Life Force, which is a space vampires at high school. Very good. I know. Okay. Uh, so, which one out of those ones do you want to? I'll let you pick. I've only Ooh. seen Fright Night, but I'm exactly the same as you. So these are all just like the hidden. I remember seeing as a kid, and I can't. Yeah remember very well at all okay altered states is like a um an old school but from what i i got from vibe of it is like a kind of a beyond the black rainbow vibe and the mm-hmm. fun house mm-hmm. is about is an old like an 80s like uh practical effects freak movie yeah i that one actually is appealing to me because i always remember seeing the vhs cover and i've never actually seen it so all right you want to do fun house I- I think we should do Funhouse. Right, I'm going to. So next week, homework. Everyone get onto the Funhouse from, we should tell people in case they want to do this with us, what what one it is. The Funhouse from 1981, um, and it was directed by Tobe Hooper. Ooh, why do ah, I know that name? Toby Hooper. Oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Massacre. Poltergeist. Uh-huh. Oh, he did, he's life force as well. Which is the, yep. the, the vampire one. And he also did Salem's Lot. So 
that's what we got. We got we might have a, a good one on our hands. <laughs> so, I think so. The fun house. I'm going to move that up to our section. So here. you should be able to watch it if you are having any trouble. It should be on Amazon Prime, and you could probably track down a copy on YouTube. Yeah, there's lots of on YouTube. So a little bit of housekeeping for today. So um, we are obviously Cherovision Horror Podcast. We have uh, on all major podcasting streaming services around the globe. So please go over there and give us a star rating if you like what you've heard today. Give it, leave a comment or um, or follow, as I've not written in my notes, I've written floor. So don't floor us, though, whatever that means. Give us a follow no, over please. there, over on SoundCloud or Stitcher or Spotify or iTunes or the other ones. There's a whole bunch of them. We are on iHeartRadio now. iHeartRadio, yeah, yeah. Does that work mm-hmm. out? Um, YouTube as well. Go over there. We do. At, we have this as a VOD, a video on demand. Uh, so follow us over there. Give us a thumbs up and a comment over there. All this stuff really, really helps us get out there. We have an Instagram. You go to Terrorvision Pod over on Instagram. We have um, Terrorvision Pod at gmail.com if you wanted to send us an email or tell us how crap we are or anything like that. Do you have any a house personal and housekeeping that you want to do, Jen? No, I'm. I'm really overworked right now, so I'm just I'm just living my my best life day to day, having naps. So just wait until after end of financial year, and then I can tell you to start doing all this stuff. Ooh, so. You'll be keeping up a storm. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so I, if you enjoy um, my voice, you can also listen to me over on Hack the Dino over on YouTube and SoundCloud as well. Where that is a. A podcast like this, but is all about video games. I do that with a team of dudes with Braden and Ben um, and Floppy as well. We also do a fortnightly news program about video games as well over on YouTube. So check out Hack the Dino if that's something that uh, floats your boat. And also if you're in Adelaide and you want to uh, read a bit, head over to Greenlight Comics, which is the comic shop that I own. Um, and yeah, that's it really. I'm gonna Love it. And, and I'm gonna sign off, I reckon. So <laughs> and until next week, may all your dreams be nightmares. Oh.